in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 100 Things Podcast with me, Todd Duncan. And me, Sebastian Terry. The 100 Things Podcast. Oh, what's on your list Okay, so today we're going to be talking about number 29, One Week's Silence. Uh, so th- there's a, a decent blog that you wrote on this, uh, the original time. So I'm going to quote from that immediately. You say... One week without a noise. Simple, yet so complicated. Uh, a lovely way to start a blog, and I think appropriately wraps it up. So so why did this make it onto the list? Well, this is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think exactly what it was. Basically, I had always just kind of been curious, because we're, we're always talking, we're always, we're always, always talking. And I just, you hear a lot about the 10-day meditation retreats, you know, and, and the importance of like just being being with yourself. And I thought, well, that'd be interesting. Why don't I just try and not talk for a week? So uh, that was it. And obviously the quirky spin on it was, well, I didn't want to do a 10-day meditation retreat or, or do something like that, sat in the cave. I thought it'd be so interesting to do it in the middle of a busy place. And it just so happened that I was in New York at the time. Uh, the perfect setting for such a challenge. <laughs> yes, exactly. You write in your blog, uh, you chose the busiest city in the world, New York, um, for, for no other reason than to be humorous. So uh, well done. <laughs> Is is this the same time you're in New York when you did the nude pose and things of that nature too? Yes. So yeah, it is. It is. I actually did quite a few things in one sort of hit in New York. So I was, it was sort of the beginning of my, of a hundred things really. And I ended up in New York and I was staying on a buddy of mine's floor or couch. His name was Rugsy. Uh, and then I was also staying uh, on one of his friends who I met called Jack or Superman. And that they're, they're they're, they're now obviously very good friends, but you know, they were both involved with me street performing, which is another item on the list. We all got dressed up and um, as superheroes. And so Jack was Superman, I was Batman, Rugsy was Robin. So anyway, so in amongst all that, staying on couches as you do as a backpacker. Uh, yeah, there were a few things in New York, nude modeling. Um, what else was there? A really extreme religious ceremony. Oh uh, yeah. The other things. And then of course this. Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's dive into it with the rules. Can you remember the exact rules or do you want me to just read them straight to you? Let's go. Let's go. You go. Okay. <laughs> no oral communication of any sort. This inc- <laughs> this includes whistling or umming. Now, is that, do you remember writing that as umming or have we misspelt humming? Uh, that to make sure? I think we've misspelt humming is what's happened there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Two, sneezing, coughing, and burping are allowed as long as they're natural. Mm, So no coughing to get anyone's attention or anything like that. It has to be a perfectly natural bodily function. Yeah, something has to be in the throat, which needs this logic. Now three, a really, really interesting one, which I didn't expect to see. Laughing is not permitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was a tough one. I put it on there because I think there are also fake laughs, right? Someone could say something and you could go, ha, 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 ha. Okay. So, yeah, that was a tough one. Four, written communication is fine. And five, if any of the above rules are broken, the seven-day time period immediately resets. Tough, tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, How did you come up with the rules? Were these like uh, as a group? You had a little brainstorm with Rugsy and the like, or did you just go, boom, here are the five rules, let's crack on? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I just thought, well, you know, any like proactive form of, you know, any noise that I purposely would make, would be yeah would just be deemed illegal 
Um, so I, that was that. I wanted to do it as authentically as possible. Okay, well, here we go. Day one from the blog. <clears throat> it quickly became apparent on day one just how important talking actually is within our society. Without words, you immediately feel a huge bubble form around you. It feels so real that physically you could almost touch it. Do you remember that sensation of like first realizing, ah, I can't actually even just say hello or acknowledge someone properly and how that all felt? Mate, it's crazy. Immediately. I felt it immediately. You sort of have this fear. Uh, it's almost like, I, I feel like it's, as soon as you are told you're not allowed to communicate, you fear fearful that anyone's going to talk to you, A. But it's almost like a, I think I might've written it like that. It's like there's like a set of handcuffs put on yeah. your, your voice and you, you you become quite anxious immediately. You sort of don't try and make eye contact. You You want to communicate and you immediately again realize how much we actually not even say but small noises you know like a hmm. <laughs> uh, you can't do any of those <laughs> but yeah I was, I was petrified at first yeah so you so you use that mental handcuffs i think you describe it as and that you said that just kind of automatically your jaw just clenched up you were yeah. just like almost biting down the entire time to make sure uh, nothing <laughs> happened so so you end up spending the first day manically writing things in the notebook um yeah yeah but you, but you also have so let me let's let's get this right during this time that you've chosen to be silent for a week you have a job in an office for two weeks uh yes. yeah <laughs> how did that all fit together well, uh, how how were they okay with that happening well it so happened that the office i was working in i was doing data entry was rugsy's office okay so my friend owned the company which is great and he said, he was doing me a favor, actually, because I, I didn't have any money. And he said, look, um, uh, you can just do data entry and I'll give you, I can't remember what it was, 20 bucks an hour. So I had that. And he obviously was aware that I wasn't going to be able to speak uh, for a week. So he knew that going in. But they, there were a few, and, and it was perfect, really, because I wanted to see what would happen in norm, otherwise normal circumstances with no voice. I mean, there was such an interesting, we'll get to it, I'm sure. But there was, you know, the office played a very interesting piece, actually. Um, well, well, let's let's dig into that a little bit now. You say that the most of your coworkers spend uh, a good a good amount of time trying to get you to break this silence. Is that? Yeah, it's, and that's what happens. Of course, if any friend, like you know, people who know people who know me were trying to get me to to talk. Obviously, yeah. After a while, they were more supportive. But yeah, people in the office. What actually? I I'm sure you're going to ask me about this. I'm, I I want to say it straight off the back. Go so go for it. Go for it. I was entering data in this little room. Rugsy had given me an office. I was I was such a well looked after employee, um, <laughs> getting probably ten dollars now. And this lady walked in and asked me. A, I I can't remember her name, but she was so lovely. And she asked me a question, and I wrote down on a piece of paper, "I can't speak. I'm sorry uh, for a week." So then she like looked around, and she basically, knowing that I couldn't respond, all I could do was listen. She just unleashed. She just vented a lot of stuff about her oh, and her okay. relationship. Right. So yeah, I, okay. <laughs> so oh yeah no she wasn't angry at me she just like told me a lot of st personal stuff about her. No, your your hand gesture confused me. It, oh. it looked like you were unleashing something else from your chest. Oh no, none of that. <laughs> oh gosh, no, 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 no. No, it was uh, it was worse. I she was telling me a lot of intimate details um, about her and her, her relationship and how it wasn't going fantastically at that point. And all I could do was listen. All I could do was listen. And then after probably five minutes, which is a long time for someone just to go for it, I just like looked at her and she went, oh, thank you so much. And then she left. 
So yeah. in itself, that's weird. But by the end of the day, there were a queue of people trying to come into my office to then unleash. I guess she went back and went, oh my God, there's a guy in there who actually listens. Uh, weird. I couldn't do anything else. But that, yeah, it was just very weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will circle back around to that shortly, shortly. But yes. Um, so, so you're in there. Um, you, you complete your first day of silence at work and you go to go home and you're on the subway and you uh, have to scribble down some directions because obviously you're still a bit new to New York at this at this point, I assume. And do you remember the, the lovely lady responding by taking you by the hand and walking you to the correct platform? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. So again, very hard to communicate without your voice. And yeah, it was a lovely lady. I think she was older. And I, I tried to, I think I tried to ask her a question just to make sure I was on the right platform. I'm pretty sure I was. And she, she just assumed that I wasn't. So she grabbed my hand talking to me the whole time, but I couldn't respond. And she like kind of walked me through this, you know, this labyrinth of corridors being lovely upstairs, downstairs. And then eventually she, she got me onto this platform, but I knew the whole time it wasn't the right platform. She was wrong. She was lovely, but she was kind of she was wrong. But I couldn't say, please stop leading me in the wrong direction. So I had yeah. to follow her. Yeah. So just again, communication, it turns out, is quite important. Um, so I missed my I missed the tram or the the subway, uh, the one I needed, um, which is no big deal. But it was very funny. Again, like, yeah, just not being able to talk to someone. <laughs> did you did you have to like wait a good 10 minutes before you walked back to the correct platform or? Did you just immediately turn around and follow her back? She she left and I thought, okay, that's, uh, that's awkward. So I I gave it a moment and then I, I didn't see her again, but yeah, I did. I literally walked back to where she had taken me from and, uh, and I'm sure I was late to wherever I was going, but she was lovely because the other thing is people don't people. It's so funny when you say, I can't, when you, so I'd had this, uh, I had a whiteboard at one point, but also Mm -hmm. pen and paper and I'd write down, I can't speak for the week. Um, I think I even wrote it's for charity, but the point was I couldn't speak. People would read that and then assume that I also couldn't hear properly. So they would then slow down and be like, okay, are you doing all right? Like, and slow everything down. And I would write, I can hear you just fine. I'm just not allowed to speak. Anyway, the people were nice. People generally try and help as much as they can, even when it's yeah. not. Yeah, well, there we go. So so day one is rapidly drawing to a close. Uh, n- you haven't uttered a sound just yet. And you walk through your apartment door where you're staying with a, with your flatmate Liz is written here. And she goes, hey, Seb, how are you? And you go, good. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. A day of, I had to concentrate so much that first day. I did such a good job. And then, yeah, I got caught off guard. I just responded to the question. How are you doing? Yeah, good. You? whatever I said. And that was it. I had to reset. Yeah. She, and I, 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 yeah. I, I, because I'd spoken, I just said, Oh my God, I've just broken my seven days. And she, and she knew that. Uh, and she felt awful. And I said, well, I guess I'm just going to restart now. And she said, why don't you just give start tomorrow? And I was like, no, now. So I just restarted. So I actually did eight days of silence with one word on day one. Yeah. Uh, who's Liz? Tell me, tell us more about Liz. Why were you living with Liz? No, I was, um, I don't, I can't remember if I was living with, Liz was a friend of Jack, Superman. Um, mm. And she, nothing like that. I see that twinkle in your eye when you ask a question like that. It's very leading. Uh, no, she had a boyfriend called Thakur uh, at the time. And interestingly, she was another one. She would, she, <laughs> she would say, you can't, you can't, you can't speak, right? And I'd say, oh, I'd, I'd shake my head. 
And she'd go, okay. And then she would like just divulge again. She was another one, just told me this whole story or a number of stories about how she was feeling a little bit of friction in her relationship. And all I could do was listen. And then she kept double taking herself because when no one responds, when you speak to someone, and this is what I found at least, when when you speak to someone, I suppose you're waiting for verbal cues just to keep on chatting. Like again, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, ah, really? <laughs> no, all those little things. And because I wasn't doing any of that, it would make her and anyone else speaking to me double take on what they were saying. Like, as in, you know, I, I, I explained something to you, Toddy, and you don't say a thing. And then I'm thinking, am I, am I being boring? Am I not getting to the point? Is this, is he not interested? Don't nod. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's actually, yeah, again, just a funny little thing, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that, that was Liz. Nothing was happening. And I started again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So here we go. Day one all over again. And you decide, which, which is, well, I guess it adds challenge, but considering you've done a day and then messed up and you've started again, you've chucked a little curve pulling in there for yourself and you're going to attend a comedy club. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's remember r- rule three, if I'm not mistaken, is no laughing. Yeah. Well, again, I just thought it'd be a good challenge. Um, what an asshole I was, by the way. Can you imagine going to a comedy club with the intent of not laughing? That's, you know, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, so day, t- day two, but technically day one all over again is when you buy your whiteboard because you realized you'd gone through an entire pad of paper on day one. Yeah. And a whiteboard is going to be much easier and uh, help save the planet and all those good things of just writing and wiping, wiping off again. And you decide that just writing ha-ha uh, on the whiteboard and holding it up when you find things funny is yeah. going to be the best way forward. And now you describe it as actually going over quite well, but uh, it seemed to get receptive relatively well. Yeah, people p- people found it quite funny. I think one comedian made note of it, um, mm. and I would I'd obviously hold up the ha ha, but uh, I wouldn't do that again. But yeah, every I just try to do something different every day, whether it was yeah. you know stand up comedy or whether it was working in an office. There were a few other things there too. Um, well, well, yeah, well, it's it's on this day that you find obviously a little bit of socialising comes in as you're going out to the comedy club, and you find group settings nearly impossible to interact in. Yeah. because conversation bounces around so fast that you can't you can't write quick enough to kind of interject or yeah. be your usual charismatic witty self so you find yourself as you describe left just nodding and writing the occasional one-liner i uh, was as useful as tits on a ball it was <laughs> awful it was yeah i just couldn't you know what do you do what do you well, do well, yeah, go on. Sorry. It, th- th- that's what I was going to ask is like, is it really frustrating or were you just like, ah, it's only, for, you know, it's only for tonight or it's only for seven days. No, it's still frustrating. It's for sure. Cause I like to, I, you know, like you say, it's, it's fun to have a conversation and try and make people laugh or even be able to laugh. And you're not, you're really not contributing. Like you're just like a token thing on the side that people occasionally look at and talk about. Mm. And all you can do is smile and nod. So no, I didn't really enjoy it, but it was great at the same time. Cause it was very uncomfortable. And this is where you write that there was the plus side. And the plus side, as you described, I've become very popular with any girls that I already know. Without the ability to talk, I can't help but be a very good listener. And the majority of my day is consumed with listening to female friends venting their frustrations. I offer them something that is rare, apparently, a man who listens. (laughs) Word of this is spreading, and I fear that soon I uh, I will notice a long queue of emotionally charged ladies waiting outside my office ready to unload all over me. I didn't write it like that, surely. <laughs> ready to unload. I said, sorry, all on me. Uh, <laughs> but 
but what a reversal of roles. I mean, that, that is normally you who's unloading on women, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I certainly, you know, I think it goes both ways. I should try and try and transition past that question. Um, look, I think guys also, you know, they like to vent too, but I found that <laughs> definitely more females that, uh, that, 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 you know, found me, um, a desirable in the sense of here's someone mm-hmm. I can just chat to to the cows come home and that's what happened including Liz okay good go cool. I'm glad that's uh all been cleared up I just wonder I just wonder <laughs> how long you write these jokes for <laughs> well yeah no it's it's good because I think when you were writing your blog which is like 10 or so years ago you too had that kind of cheekiness in there Oh. So I think so. So I feel like some of this is so easy for me to transition to, but what makes it more glorious is now your reaction to to those to those little segues is is makes it all worthwhile for me. I don't want to encourage you. That's the issue. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, day one, official day one now complete. Uh, we move on to day two, where you write. I think I'm getting fairly used to not talking now. But the hardest time to control my silence is when faced with a sudden situation or feeling. Accordingly, as a way of maintaining my silence, I have to try to stay as low-key as possible. Often it comes across that I have no personality or emotion. Kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. Um, Is this something that you decided to carry on with you for the rest of your life? (laughs) Oh, dear. I mean, come on, next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, uh, there's another really great joke coming up, so just prepare yourself. Okay. Uh, enter Imelda. Tell us more about the lovely Imelda, please. Uh, Imelda was a, I met, so Rugsy's business partner at the time, this guy called Judd, threw a party and I met Imelda there, Imi, and she was Costa Rican, I think. And yeah, uh, so she was, yeah, she, she was lovely. She, we were sort of like fast friends. Is this a date? There was a date in there, yeah. Okay. We sort of we did actually sort of hang out a little bit when I was in New York. Um, mm. Yeah, and uh, next question. Okay, well, you spend two hours with Imelda um, and you describe how, you're, I think you're having lunch. And you described, in those two hours, everything was covered. Imelda left with a smile on her face while I had cramp in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I did not write that. I suppose with oral... Oral being banned is no surprise you got cramp in your hand, is it? <laughs> Come on. What has this turned into? <laughs> so uh, what I, I am trying to allude to there is when you can't mm. talk, I have to write a lot. So I had yeah. cramp in my hand from, from writing. Uh, yeah, I remember that, actually. I do remember that lunch because it's, it's, it's weird. There's no two ways about it. There was actually only one person throughout the whole week who was seemingly comfortable and had no issue with just talking to me, um, and that was Jack who I was sort of, who I was living with then. Okay. He was just very matter of fact. He'd come in, he'd be like, hey, Seb, do you have a good day? And I'd give him a thumbs up and he'd be like, great. And then he'd like, just tell me something interesting. And he'd be like, right, um, food's here. That's there, you know, see you in the morning. That, oh, wow. That's how you deal with someone who doesn't talk to you. Just fast, yeah. efficient, uh, unless you want to unload, of course. Well, there we go. So you also meet another friend called Marcus. Uh, do you remember what Marcus did to you when you met? Oh no. So Marcus, we call him Abo. Uh, he's a comedian, Australian comedian. Mm. What did we do? I can't remember. 
So again, I think it's another kind of food related meetup, but he, uh, when you went to the toilet, he decided that he would take your whiteboard pen from you. Ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and then uh, decided that the only way you could get it back was if you were to order two beers from, uh, from the waiter without the ability to speak or write. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He's ever done, eh, both. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I mean, you're going to have friends like that, aren't you, really? Uh, weird little things. Actually, with Abo in New York, there was another time. I thought this is what you want to say. I think I'm getting confused with another time. I was meant to meet him at a comedy club. I actually went, never saw him, and he was angry at me for years afterwards because he thought I never turned up. But I did. I just didn't see him. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, right. Abo, stole my pen. Yeah, what a bastard. Okay, let's, let's move on. Day three. Here we go. Uh, you're moving, it says. Uh, so I'm assuming... Here's, here's another joke that now won't work, but did Liz find out about Imelda? Is that why you're moving? <laughs> Doesn't work. I think I might've been moving from Rugsy's onto Jack's couch or floor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you remember the joke that the doorman told you as you moved into this new, as oh. Jack's, Jack's place? Is it the, is it an Australian based joke? Mm, no, it's about a man who can't speak. Oh no. What is it? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's got a horse in it. I was hoping you would remember it and deliver this expertly. Oh, gosh, uh, a horse, Australian. No, no idea. You're going to have to hit us with this. Uh, Will this okay. involve your Australian accent? No, 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 no. So, no, there's no there's no Australian to okay. it. It's just, uh, I haven't written it down either. So I'll try and remember it as best I can. Uh, a pub owner has got a sign on the door that says, if you can make my horse laugh, free drinks for the rest of the night. A man who can't talk walks in and sees the sign, walks out to the back where the horse is, writes something on, on a piece of paper and shows it to the horse and the horse starts laughing. <laughs> Barman comes out to see his horse laughing, says no problem, drinks for the rest of the night. The next day, the same man comes back and the sign on the door reads, if you can make my horse cry, free drinks for the rest of the night. So the same man who can't speak walks, walks out to the back, writes something else on a bit of paper, shows it to the horse and the horse bursts into tears. Um, the barman reluctantly tonight gives the man his free drinks. He goes, okay, but before I do, you'll have to explain to me what you did both times. So he writes on the bit of paper. The first night I told the horse, my penis is bigger than yours. He said, okay, what did you do tonight to make it cry? He goes, tonight I proved it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's worse, than, it's worse than my jokes. But in comedy shows, so I... <laughs> Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I remember that guy. I was staying in the meatpacking district. That's where, uh, it's a great place in Manhattan, but that's where Jack lived. And I remember that doorman very well. How, how long did you live with Jack for? Was that I, like I, your... Do you know what? I can't even remember. I, I reckon I was in New York for maybe like three months. And I think the three months, I think it was pretty much split between Rugsy and then Jack. Uh, I mean, who, you know, I'm forever indebted to. Uh, Rugsy now lives in Brazil. Or he's been such a great supporter of, of 100 things. Like he just comes along and visits and all that kind of stuff. And then Jack's just a really good friend, now lives in New Jersey. He's married, has kids. So it's, you know, and, and here I am doing a podcast with you. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mate, you know, different levels of achievement. <laughs> day three done. We move on to day four. Day three seems rel relatively non-eventful apart from the move. Day four, however, you decide, let's go learn some salsa dancing. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, enter the wonderful Anne, mm. who is your partner for this. Uh, what do you recall of learning salsa with tape over your mouth and the wonderful Anne? Oh, God. So Anne was a friend of Jack's and we'd met at like a 
I don't know, some kind of dinner or whatever. So, and she wanted to learn salsa, as did I, it's on my list. So uh, through the grapevine, I think Jack might've said to her, oh, Seb's trying to do stuff this week. You should go for a salsa lesson. He can't speak. So the lesson itself was, uh, it, was just, it was just very funny. Like, you know, I find dancing awkward as it is. And, and usually I rely on, I try and be humorous. That's what I rely on to just mm. kind of avert attention or to kind of look past you know, glaring inadequacies such as not being able to dance. And I, and I couldn't, I couldn't make any jokes about, oh, two left feet. <laughs> so it was just my bad dancing. You know, they usually say, just let your, you know, let your actions talk for you. Mm -hmm. And sadly they did. Uh, it was very, it was awkward. Anne was great. Uh, oh, very funny story about Anne, actually. We, <laughs> so Anne actually, I, I, she actually asked me out on a date uh, afterwards. And I said, okay. I, I said, no, or I, I replied, you know, I shook my head or whatever. Mm. Now, um, forget, forgetting, I can't even remember why, but it was a no. Weeks on, we'll go back to what other things I did in New York. And one of the things was posing nude for an art class. I think it was 75, number 76, maybe. So after I'd said no to Anne, New York's quite a busy place. There's quite a few yeah. people there. And that was my only interaction with Anne, other than meeting her one time. I'm in this room with maybe 50 people, 60 people as, they're, as I'm naked and they're all painting me. This is weeks on after having rejected the her, her kind offer of a date mm -hmm. and she's in the room she's front and center and i'm sure it was just coincidence um and she's just sketching me completely nude and uh yeah the look i remember her look and it was as if to say well i didn't miss out much Type <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean fair enough fair yeah. enough yeah i think we covered this in a in a podcast and i think you know the champagne started to flow and whatnot that's right. Yeah. And I didn't care. I wasn't clothed. Very nervous at first. And at the end, you know, you try and put some clothes on me and you're going to get into a wrestle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If, if Anne had only known. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After the salsa, birthday party, exclusive hotel, the, the biggest social event you've been to during your silence. Do you remember whose birthday party it was? Do you remember the exclusive hotel? I Do you remember that. the reaction you received when you walked in and got introduced as the Australian who doesn't speak? Yeah, I, no, all I remember is the place. I can't remember, it was, it was a really lovely hotel. I don't remember whose birthday it was. Well, whose was it? No idea, you have. You don't say. Oh, I think it was one of Jack's friends. I think it was one of Jack's friends because Anne was there. So I think that's maybe where she she asked if we wanted to catch up again or something. Uh, but, okay. But the, there was a funny reaction. What was it? Well, you go on to write that, um, you actually started getting quite a lot of attention. You, you, I think you, you even write, uh, it's the most people have listened to me and I can't talk. Oh. So I think you get quite a crowd around you at some points as you have to frantically write down and explain yeah. who you are, what's going on and all that good stuff on your whiteboard. No, you're right. I do. So now you mentioned it. Yes. I remember there was a girl in a violet silk dress. I don't remember her name or anything. She came over and she was fascinated that I couldn't speak. And she was making such a fuss about it that other people would come in and listen to her talking about me not being able to speak as she was talking to me. And of course, I couldn't respond. And before I knew it, there was a semicircle, a, a small crowd of people all looking at me because I couldn't speak. It was the weirdest thing. It's just weird. Yeah. What? Yeah. I can't say anything to them, but they just want to see, oh, that guy's not speaking. Let's go and see him not speak. They were just yeah, looking I guess at me. Yeah, a pleasant oddity at a party, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that as an insult, but you know, just a, it's not something you come across every day, a guy that isn't speaking for seven days and is over there with a whiteboard. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyway, yeah, so it was a good way to meet people. Yeah. Well, the night, it would appear, leads to a blind date. 
you write in the blog. The night soon led me to a bar where I was to meet a person I had never met before. His name was Dave. No. A close, <laughs> a close friend had suggested I meet Dave as he thought we would get on. After all, it never hurts to know people in a foreign city. It's a bit like Sex in the City, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, Gosh. Hang on, it, it goes on. As I walked to the front door at the bar uh, with my whiteboard with me, I said to the doorman, oh, sorry, it said, Dave, really tall, lanky guy. The guy on the door said, you're looking for the man with the whiteboard over there. So did Dave turn up with a whiteboard too? God, mate, I can't even remember. I can't remember Dave. It sounds really rude. Uh, he had a whiteboard. I, I don't know. I, tell, carry on. I, I mean, I, well, well, that's there. Well, I mean, this might explain explain something. And, uh, you know, so you go on to say, a beer quickly found its way into my hand. And over the next few hours, my silence was tested under a new influence, that of inebriation and sexual excitement. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. You didn't write the sexual excitement part. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you don't remember Dave, and maybe that's because you two got absolutely smashed and just do don't remember, remember the evening. I do remember drinking with a dude, but I also remember there was an actual blind date I had at one point. Uh, oh, hello. But with Go a on. girl. Do you, is this, did you know this? No. no. I had an actual, so I had met a, we, we, we were all did this Sunday afternoon dinner thing at somewhere in like, uh, I think it was, oh, what was it called? Not the Gansevoort, some really cool place, like a Sunday session right. type of thing. All the waiters were wearing Superman outfit and they played the bongos at a certain time. And it went from a nice, normal kind of lounge restaurant into a party, just bang, just like that, right. middle of the day. Anyway, such a great day. It was the week before. And I met this girl there called Stephanie. And um, we had exchanged numbers and I had texted her and I said, hey, do you want to go on a date this week? You want to meet me for a drink? And she said, yes. Now, I didn't tell her that I couldn't speak. I said, I've got a surprise for you. So we turned up to this bar. Um, this is where I thought you were going with this Dave story. But we turned up to a bar and she's looking fantastic. And, you know, uh, and she goes, what do what you got to tell me? What's the thing? And I wrote down on a piece of paper, I can't speak. I'm doing a week of silence. And it was the most, as you would imagine, awkward date ever. Um, it was really weird. We got through like a meal. It wasn't that enjoyable for either of us. And uh, afterwards we walked outside and, you know, in that moment where you might think, oh, this was a nice date. Maybe we'll give a little peck on the cheek. Um, no, nothing. She left. She left. Yeah. Well, especially as you'd built it up to be like, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then, so this was like 2009 or 10, right? Um, so we're talking 10 years ago. Last year, I'm at an event here in LA, a fundraising event, and Stephanie walks in through the door. There's, there's maybe a thousand people at this thing. And I go up to her and I go, Stephanie? She's like, Sebastian. And she, she remembered me from the awful date and we had a good joke about it. It was really funny. Oh, did, you, did either of you ask for a date then? Or? No, no, there was none of that. Uh, there was none of that. <laughs> oh okay so you don't remember dave you don't remember having beers with him um so can you know my my last question was going to be like can you honestly say you didn't break your silence in this drunken stupor oh, yeah. you and dave find yourself but yeah. you can't remember it who knows <laughs> no i no i didn't i even a abo uh, my comedic friend who stole my pen and maybe one reason why he did that he was so annoyed at me 
he was so genuinely annoyed. We don't see each other that often. And he was, I guess he was doing comedy in New York at that time or something. So it was just coincidental we were there. And he would say, come on, mate, you can do this week of silence anytime. Let's just chat. And I would I'd just shake my head. So yeah. it annoy people. And I, I, I did, I stuck to it. I, I really stuck to it. Um, so basically, yeah, after eight days, essentially, but seven days officially, uh, you know, I, I, I was super stoked that I did it. It was hard. It was one of the hardest things. People often say, what's the hardest thing on your list? I think it might be this. Well, I mean, let's carry on day five. Yeah. After, after, after a night on the tiles hmm. uh, with a man you can't even remember. Uh, you decide that you'll you'll slow the pace down and you're going to attend the Guggenheim Museum. Have I pronounced that correctly, do you know? Guggenheim, Guggenheim. Yep, 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 yep. Um, do you remember this event taking place? I do, I do. Um, yes, it's, which is great because an art gallery, you're meant to be quiet. So what a fitting mm. for a man who can't talk. Yeah, but, but do you remember arriving and then getting ushered through past the queue? Yeah, why was that? I do remember that. They were favourable to me for some reason. Yeah, so it seems that uh, you were kind of in your black 100 Things t-shirt at the time, not the new lovely 100 Things t-shirt you're currently sporting. Oh, hello. Um, yeah, lovely, beautiful. Um, you can find them on the website if anyone's interested. But uh, And you had the whiteboard, and for some reason they obviously thought you were part of something that was going on there, or you potentially worked there, but some you write some lady kind of takes you by the elbow almost yeah. and walks you in through the door. Yeah. And then as you're both walking in, a security guard goes, uh, do you work here? And you just write on your whiteboard, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he's like, carry on then. Yeah. And then and I avoided a huge lineup. <laughs> yeah, didn't pay to get in. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then you decided that your visit to the museum would be a quick one before they cottoned on to the fact that you didn't didn't in fact work there. Yeah, I, I yeah, I remember it really well. I remember it really well. Um, my God, so many weird things happened that week. I mean, I are you gonna? I, I don't know if you've researched the uh, to the point about the the blank check. Did that? Did that come? About? No, I ha no. So I think you cover that in the book. I haven't gone to the book for this bit, but but I'll let you summarize that shortly. Okay. But yeah, so the Guggenheim spiral, apparently, as you, yeah. as you write, it's a spiral to the top. So you pretty much raced the top. Yeah. Taking in as much art as you can. Any 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 notable pieces stick out to you as you jogged past them? Oh, many, many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot. Do you, want to, do you want to name one of you know? Now, oh, we don't have time. So many, so many. How do you just how do you pick between your children? You know, it's tough. Yeah, um, no, great pieces there. Completely agree. Completely agree. Day five done. We're so close now. We're so close. Day six comes with a special twist. You decide day six will be tackled without your whiteboard. Did you, was that a suggestion or again, you just woke up and thought, Hey, let's yeah. add some, sprinkle some spice on today. Exactly. I wanted a spicy day because you can get by at that point, like, you know, in, in relation to kind of how I felt at the beginning, the handcuffs, the mental handcuffs mm. at this point, I'm sort of feeling a lot easier and freer with it. You know, I don't, you know, I'm used to it. And then the, the whiteboard made it quite easy really because you can right. communicate like that. So, you know, I'd even gone to the point I had written down on the whiteboard, predetermined answers so i wouldn't even have to write yet so i wrote yes no my name is sebastian i'm raising money for camp quality by being silent for a week so i'd often just point to a yes no to get through a conversation so i thought okay let's let's not do that so let's go without a whiteboard for today and and how did you find that experience was it immediately much oh, yeah. more difficult completely 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Even like, you know, if you go to like a, a deli and order a sandwich, I can write mm. chicken sandwich. But I actually remember having to order a sandwich and you couldn't point at the food. The food wasn't there to be pointed at. So I had to, I'm not kidding. I, I mimicked a chicken. I got my arms out with my elbows and started like pretending to be a bird, <laughs> flapping my wings. And it works. That is like a universal sign for chicken, I think. And uh, yeah. I got like a chicken sandwich before I turned vegetarian. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it's, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Did you find when you were imitating a chicken in a deli or in other situations like that, that people just thought you were insane? Completely. Or, yeah. yeah. People thought I was insane. As I mentioned before, they thought not only was I dumb in the sense of I can't talk, but they thought I was deaf too. Um, yeah. It's, it's really, it's really funny. It's a great way to see the world. Now at some point as well on this day, Jack kindly comes to uh, a dinner with you, I think. Um, and you end up uh, spelling your order out, your drinks order out in the salt. So you tip the salt container out and draw. Oh. And that now, now it says that you shared a laugh. Oh, gosh. My oh, now I'm hoping that's just a figure of speech because if so, we've got to untick this item and you've got to do it all over again. <laughs> no, no, it's a figure of speech, I can only assume. Because I definitely, because I was, you know, all these items, I'm very like, you know, dotting the i's crossing the t's about it so there's no laughter shared not from my end um i certainly hope not i don't think anything happened like that okay okay good uh this day comes to a comes to an end and you're in union square i'm not familiar with union square is it some sort of train station or something yeah it's a really popular train station i could be wrong but i feel like it's kind of like mid manhattan island and right it's such an interesting place there's all these like bohemian eclectic people there's protesters there a lot there's like you know disgruntled university college students there's homeless it's you know in movies where they have like the guys playing chess there's like a row of chess boards mm. there's these genius homeless geniuses who are challenging local uh, you know tourists to come and beat them mm. it's that area there's music i remember a guy with a saxophone in the corner it's such a great area but yes yeah, it's, it's at a train station well with 20 minutes to burn guess what you decided to do was it chess yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You thought, 20 minutes? I know how to kill 20 minutes. Uh, let me challenge this, as you write, small Asian man <laughs> to, a game of, to a game of chess that he's so, he's so readily brought the board for. And it's only going to cost me $5 if I lose. Uh, it's, I think it's safe to say, I think you've, about a minute and a half later, <laughs> you're $5 down and still have 18 and a half minutes to waste. My God, those guys are good. I mean, we, you know, we played a bit of chess together and mm. we have, you know, really strategic battles. And I what our game's like half an hour, let's say. Yeah. Um, and this isn't saying a lot for your chess game, but um, this guy put me away so quick. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it wasn't a case of you thinking through your Zen-like silence that you had developed some sort of superpowers <laughs> for things of these. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, no, no, he, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And I, I don't even remember what I did with the remaining 18 minutes. I think you, you're right. You just stood by a lamppost, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an activity? Yeah. A lamppost. Uh, okay, here we go. Day seven, 24 hours to go. Will you make it through the full seven days? Um, the short answer is yes uh but, but if you had failed on day seven do you think you would have had the mental capacity to start over again like you did on that first day one i i have no idea i don't know if i would have done it then because that would have been two weeks of silence mm. effectively i don't know 
I don't know, but I was very confident. I think I was confident at least. I might've been a little scared that something might slip, but yeah. God, can you imagine? Oh, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah. So you, so you do write this, you say, today without doubt was the hardest day. Until now, every day has been different and exciting, whether it be learning salsa, attending a comedy show or simply working, but today just seemed normal. And to mix in the fact that my last marker pen had also run out of ink made things a lot worse. <laughs> so, so it seems like maybe that mental like battle of like, I'm so close yet so far yeah. is kind of there with no busyness to fill your day. It's just you and silence. Um, yeah. had, you, had you kind of come, come to terms with almost just being in your own head, not being yeah. able to verbalize anything? It was, as like I said, it got kind of easier or I was at least more comfortable with it. Uh, day one was really tricky. So I, I, by the end, I was better with it. But um, yeah, then it's just the fear of, you know, kind of screwing it up uh, at yeah. this moment. Um, I sort of feel, I, I think I remember kind of having quite a quiet day um, and obviously being very excited to be able to speak again. But mm. um, yeah, no, no, it was, it was good. And I, try, I was trying to take it all in too. So I was thinking, well, I'm probably not going to do this again. Um, yeah. And I found that, you know, it, it, was, it was interesting. Like, I, you know, I, I think I had a few kind of little learnings for myself from the experience. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, last day I was pretty nervous actually. Yeah, so uh, let me let me ask you quickly off the back of that. What what would you say the learnings were? Well, I th I think we had a discussion about this before, and I, I for me, I sort of felt like I'd got through a week without saying anything, mm. and it's almost like when you do like a you know if you were to do a fast or a diet and reintroducing things slowly back to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I, I generally felt like I don't know if this is a a thing for everyone, but certainly for me. I think I waste a lot of words. I certainly wasted a lot of words. I used to like mm -hmm. just talk a lot. And I think a lot of, and even experiencing people talking to me, some people would, would grab my attention and they would speak for half an hour and just vent, 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 vent mm -hmm. out themselves and, you know, whatever it was. And they didn't really need me. They didn't need me there. They just wanted to vent. And so I feel like a lot of speaking isn't actually for the other person. It's done not selfishly, but it's done just so you can clear your thoughts or something like mm. that. So with that, I, I think one learning was, you know, just to try and be, to, well, I don't, I don't know if I've even done it to be honest, but like, I just thought, I remember thinking at the time, I don't want to waste words. I don't want to waste right. words, which is interesting because we speak a lot and we do podcasts now, Yeah. but yeah, that, that was one thing. And then also listening. You know, I, I did listen. I had to only listen. That's all I could do. And the the art of listening is something that I'd never really thought of before. And and again, I I I'm, I think I'm getting better at it. By no means is it anywhere near fantastic. But you know, I'm still bad with names. When someone says their name, I'm quite bad to pick it up straight away. So, but yeah, something to do with listening, something to do with speaking, mm -hmm. uh, but also like just the comfortableness. You don't have to speak all the time. And you know, the people who are allowed to try and grab attention. The most attention I had probably the whole week was. It, like you say, at that post um, post salsa class when everyone was just crowded around me and I wasn't able to say a, a word. So yeah, something very powerful about speaking, but also not speaking. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so there is there is one uh, event of note on this final day, and surprise, surprise, it involves a young lady. Okay, uh, you bump into Haley. Do you remember Haley? Haley, oh. You and Haley went to school together in Sydney and hadn't seen each other in in quite a number of years. Oh yeah, Haley so, uh, Dunn, I think her name was. Haley, well, Haley Dunn, and yeah. you bump into each other 
two people from Sydney bump into each other in the middle of New York. Imagine the excitement and the surprise and the, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. You can imagine just bump yeah. into each other. And I think she sent me a Facebook message after going, that was the weirdest thing I've ever. Yeah. Heard. Yeah. I think she asked you if it was to do with yoga and a few other bits like that. And, uh, but yeah, you, you basically, after someone you hadn't seen in ages bumps into you and you're like, can you just look at this? Cause it says, I can't, I can't speak to you. So what a disappointing little reader. Let me tell you, I mean, I, I can't believe I, I'm, I'm sure you know this story, but I have to tell you that this is actually pretty incredible. A very similar thing happened. I actually think it was day one. I bumped into a mate of mine called Paulie. Now Paulie, I used to play rugby with in Sydney years before. I hadn't seen him in years and years and years and years and years. And he saw me, we're in, we're on 14th street in meatpacking. I remember he walked past me and he was like, Seb, no way. It's been so long. And I, and I wrote on my whiteboard, Paulie, I'm sorry. I can't speak to you until next Tuesday. And so he was like, and he's just such a nice guy. And he was like, mate, no worries. Uh, he goes, come with me. I'm a professional sailor now. Have been for years. I had no idea. He said, I'm meeting my crew. It'll be hilarious if you come and have some beers with us. So of course I nodded and Paulie escorted me to this hotel bar to meet up with this crew. So Paulie's no joke. I mean, he's won world championships and you know, all this stuff. And I learned yeah. through, through the day. So here I am at this table suddenly and I'm surrounded by Paulie, his whole crew. There's maybe 10 people there, including the owner of the boat or two owners of the boat, as I remember it. And Paulie is my mouthpiece. He's like, this is my mate, Seb. We used to play rugby together. He can't speak for the week. He's doing it for charity. He's trying to raise money for camp quality, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just sort of laughing at me. And like, it's just, you know, I'm pretty useless to be honest. And I think that's the first time I was like, oh, this is going to be really hard. So we had a couple of beers and then I excused myself and I was like, you know, I think I wrote down, uh, I, I'm leaving. So I left them there on the way out. One of the owners of the boat, pretty wealthy guy. You can imagine these, these people own mm -hmm. race crews. He goes, Seb, this is, I'm, I'm intrigued. Where can I read more? So I wrote down my website on a bit of paper and I gave it to Tice, Tice and I left. And, and it was just weird because in itself, I couldn't speak. Mm -hmm. I was oddball, right? He emailed me a week later and he said, Seb, I've had a look at your website and I completely understand why not only were you silent, but why you're doing your whole trip. I really respect it. And he said, uh, I'm not in a, I, I work hard. I've got so many commitments, family, this and that. I can't do all the things I ever wanted to do. I want to be able to help you. Um, and then the email went on and on. And he eventually said, I want to give you a blank check so you can complete every item from your list. So I, have I told you this story? Yeah, 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 yeah. But go on. So he, so I, I was with Jack. I was living with Jack, as I said, and I said, I, I was silent and I pointed to the screen and Jack read this email and Jack said something to the effect of this guy's offering you a blank check. And quite literally Tice is such a generous person. That's what he was doing. Mm. How much money do you need? Anyway, long story short. Um, and I only say the story because it first started when he, he met me when I was silent, but we caught up for a dinner and he had a briefcase on the table and said, um, right. Uh, how much money do you want as much as you, as you need? And this guy was serious, but of course I'd thought about it a lot and it was, you know, a week in, in being silent. And I didn't think it was the right thing to do. So I actually turned him down, but it was, it's amazing what happens when you shut your mouth uh, was maybe yeah. the biggest takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Well, two things off that the briefcase on the table, was he offering it to you in cash now? I, well, <laughs> I never saw what was in there, but I imagine gold bullion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, don't, I have no idea, but the briefcase was positioned on the table. Like there was a deal about to happen. Uh, and 
Why did you turn it down? Uh, well, it's sort of interesting. I, first of all, I thought how amazing, you know, you know, like me just doing my list, trying to be happy and what an incredible thing. Like what an example of someone being obviously very nice. I, we obviously both agree that people are good. Mm-hmm. We're here to help each other out and all that sort of stuff. And he wanted to help me out because he believed in my cause trying to find happiness. And, and I thought, well, at first, how great, what a brilliant story. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, that's not really why, you know, yes, I want to do these things from my list, but the reason it's so good for me is because I'm working, I'm working out how to interact with the world and people and I'm learning things. And yeah, I feel that if I suddenly had just like a bottomless pit of money to achieve all the things that I wanted, certainly a bottomless pit of money provided by somebody else. I think that doesn't quite, it's a different story then entirely, not just for me, but right. for people, for people watching. I mean, who really care? Who wants to hear about a guy who got given millions of dollars and does all the things he wants from his list because he's funded by a stranger? You know, yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. It, it does take away the, uh, the magic of, of the story of that, you know, people constantly coming in to help you out and it being done off goodwill more than, although, you know, you can say the gesture from, from Tice is goodwill as well. Uh, it just comes with a few dollars attached. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I feel like most people, I'm trying to think like, what, what would I do in that situation? I think I might, you know, might have at least taken 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, who knows? I think if there's, if there's a cause down the line where, uh, you know, there's a, I need some money. And I think it actually has, you know, some real relevance and potential to do, make a difference. Oh, oh, I'm sure I'll, I'll hit him up. Uh, at that time, though, I said no. I, I allowed him to pay for lunch, um, yeah. but that was that was it. But yeah, what a good guy. We stayed in touch. Like, you know, Tice is a mate. Um, yeah, yeah, lives over in New York, and you know, still sailing. And it's let, let me link all these together. So it's poorly that you caught a lift with down before you started hitchhiking, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. from that moment, actually. Paulie and I hadn't connected in ages and because he was just so great and funny and lovely, we kind of reconnected in, you know, in the U S so Paulie now again, married, has a kid, lives over in New York. Um, and he's been just amazing. Anytime I'm over there, we catch up. We've got mutual friends. He introduced me to creature, uh, and Willem, uh, whose nickname is creature. So who helped me on my, on, you know, with my journey at the beginning. So Paulie, I mean, that's the thing with this story. It's just, you know, it's definitely not about me just doing things. It's about this big community of people who are all on board in some varied and different ways. And Paulie is one of them. Uh, such a good bloke. Well, there we go, mate. Seven days without talking, without making a sound done. Number 29, a week silence tick done complete. Congratulations. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It would have been a boring podcast. Thank, thank God I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Thank you. Bye. Bye.